Father, we do pray for your blessing on our time together in your word. Lord, we pray that we would have ears to hear and minds to believe and hearts to receive what your word declares over our life. Lord, tonight we're just trusting you to to build us up, uh, to mature us, to teach us how to talk. Uh, We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're looking at what the Bible says about our comms, about our communication, and it's a big topic. Um, I'm going to pick 10 big ones, and we'll just call it the Ten Commandments of Communication, okay? And uh, we started by looking at the fact that we shouldn't be telling lies. We've got to stop the lying, y'all. Lying is bad. Bottom line is God hates it. And then we began to look at the permutations, right? There, there are just all kinds of ways to lie. We talked about, you know, if you don't keep your word, you don't keep your promises, you don't keep your marriage vows. Those are all lies. You break your marriage vows, you're a liar. We talked about the fact that pride lies. You get in a situation, you're not ready for it, you want to look good, you want to sound good, and so you just start talking out your ear. Pride speaks to promote self and it does it at the cost of the truth. Again, Psalms 59, 7, for the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride and for cursing and lying which they speak. Here's the deal on lying, right? You know, especially when pride gets in the way. It's a fear of, of, of not having the answer, not knowing what to say not being able to contribute to the conversation, whatever it is. Um, you, 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 you end up telling this whopper because you're afraid of how you're gonna be perceived by other people. And you know, at the end of the day, if you've been received, if you've been accepted in the beloved, you've been accepted and been received by God himself, like what do you have to be afraid about? You ought to just get this down in your notes. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. Um, now, sometimes fear is a right natural response. I'll give you an example. You're in the street, you didn't look both ways, and the 18-wheeler is bearing down on you, its, lakes, you know, its brakes are locked up, the horn's going, and the truck's still coming. Be afraid. That should move you to get out of the way. But most of the time, it's these irrational fears that have us so embroiled, and we, and we end up misspeaking. We just forget that, that, that fear is a liar. Fear is a prison, you know, it's a, it's, a pris, it's a prison keeper, right? It's a prison maker. And uh, just think about it. Most of the things that God's people are afraid of, they're not true. They're invalid. Second Timothy 1.7 says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. The spirit that we have from the Lord, the Holy Spirit, that's a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. Don't be a fraidy cat. If you're a Christian, you are a born-again child of God. Stop living like a victim. Stop, stop living like you're not worth anything. I mean, you're, you are worth the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's how God views you. That's how God esteemed you. Fear is a liar. Exaggeration, we saw, is a form of lying. We saw that the worst kind is accusation, exaggeration. 
you always, and then you just insert some exaggerated whopper right there, you know. You're always like that. You're always doing that. It's not good for your relationships. Now again, because the Bible has so much to say about our communication, there's no way to do an exhaustive study on this topic without taking a few years. And I don't want to do that, so let's keep moving. One more permutation on lying. Uh, Get this down in your notes. Slander is lying. Slander. It's like calumny. It's libel if you put it in print, okay? Slander is lying. So let's get a definition of slander. Slander makes false statements that damage the reputation of another. That's your next blink. Slander frames the narrative in such a way that it, that it just cuts the legs out from underneath another person. Typically, it takes the form of gossip. Gossip is often slander. I mean, people will make the statement, if it's true, is it gossip? Right? And so they'll just you know, run, run with it. You know, what ends up happening usually is with each telling of the tale, um, new data gets added and pretty soon, you know, the character of this person's assassinated um, because the, the story gets out of control. And so, you know, you hear a juicy bit of gossip. Um, you know, there are some people in the medical, you know, did you hear some of the pastors in the medical, I'm sorry, some of the doctors in the medical profession, uh, they they're not straight on human anatomy. And uh, I heard a joke. (laughs) Never mind. I'm going to stop. I'm slandering. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Wait, I missed it. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's an illustration. (laughs) Work with me. It's an illustration. You hear a juicy bit of gossip, and then, you know, you're, you don't mind just jumping in, passing on the tools of character assassination. Remember, we've already looked at this passage, but this is key, okay? Don't forget God's view on this. Proverbs 6, verse 12 says, a naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes, he speaketh with his feet, he teacheth with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. Look at this. He soweth discord. God hates it when we sow discord among the brethren. Verse 15 says, therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. God takes a very dim view on how we, ca- how we conduct ourselves poorly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. What are the seven things that are an abomination unto the Lord? A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. And so what happens is, is, you know, somebody's got an ax to grind against another brother or sister, and they lose no opportunity to talk trash on them behind their back. And if you receive that, you're aiding and abetting them in their assassination of the character of your brother or sister in Christ. See, what typically happens is people get filled with, you know, I don't know, they get filled with envy or jealousy, and they slander, right? They want to they want to, through their speech, cut somebody down to size. 
Or people get hurt and disappointed by others. They feel like somebody let them down, and so they trash them to feel better about themselves. It's like when people get divorced. Why is it when two people get fed up and they can't stand being married anymore, they, they quit each other, they, they, they go back on their vows, on their covenant relationship, and then they just go to war. And they, I mean, the kids are the victims. They try to frame their ex as a demon, a Satan personified, and as a result, they end up sowing death into their children. So mom, if you're successful in making sure that your kids know that their dad is the Antichrist, you know what you've done? <laughs> you've done great damage to them. Uh, sometimes you have to address things. They see things are wrong. And uh, you wanna, I mean, you wanna be very careful making your ex out to be some demon. Yeah, I know, I, I don't know why daddy did that. I know that in his heart he loves you and he's not in a good place right now. Let's pray for him. Like your kids need to see that you're for their father and vice versa. I mean, maybe you can't trust them any farther than you can throw them, but, 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 but why go on a campaign to assassinate their character to your children? And, and that just never makes any sense to me. And now kids are growing up with a warped view of what it means to have a father, what it means to, you know, in terms of their relation, a right relationship with their parents, it can't happen, it'll never happen. They sow death in their children. Well, it's like this. Let's say, you know, you, you've come to MBT. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I like it here. I, I love this church. I feel like you guys are the best people on the planet. I mean, some of you, you'll act like a turkey every once in a while, but that's not who you really are. You just had a bad day. Besides, we don't, we don't know anybody after the flesh, right? Everybody's being conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful that God called me to Midtown. I'm so grateful I get to, I get to be a pastor here. I get to be a member of this local church with you. We're co-laborers together in ministry. The fellowship is always so sweet. It's always so good. Um, it, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I think it's a, it's not wise for us to compare ourselves among ourselves, but I think it's a fairly healthy church overall. Um, you know, I know there are some issues that we have, there are some problems. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that it's a perfect church. If you think it's a perfect church, bless your heart, that's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad, I'm really happy for you. But it's not. But then who is perfect? What church is perfect? We're all sinners saved by grace. People are like, ah, you know, church is such a joke. It's so full of hypocrites, said the hypocrite. I mean, that's why you, you, you know, you're one too. Come join the group therapy that we got going on here. You, you need some of what we got. We're all sinners saved by grace. We're all growing. Okay, so what'll happen though? You're here, you're a member of Midtown Baptist Temple, and you'll make statements like, this is the greatest church on the planet. It's not true, it's not a true statement, but you, that's in your heart, and so, okay, you just bless your heart, run with that. Great, man, it's just a great church, and I'm so glad, I'm so grateful, and then something goes wrong. I don't know what it was that went wrong, 
But at some point, uh, you got the bit in your teeth. Uh, maybe, maybe you were walking. Uh, uh, you were accountable with your brothers and sisters to live out the Word of God, to submit to what it says, what its rule is over your life. But then you met someone, and really they're not interested in getting married, but they really love you, they love you, and they want to they shack up. And you're like, this is maybe my last shot at, uh, you know, especially if you're a young lady in the church, this may be my last shot at finding a husband. Just, hey, first of all, this is an illustration. Time out for a second. Any guy, right, I mean, if he wants it, he'll put a ring on it, okay? Any guy that tries to get you to compromise yourself with him, he doesn't love you. He only loves himself. Do not be a fool. Don't ever fall for that. But, you know, girls do. Um, guys do too. Um, guys will be walking with the Lord, and then they meet somebody that doesn't have a heart for the Lord, and they want to just go out in the world and play with them. And your brothers and sisters are like, bro, here's what the Word of God says, but here's what you're doing. And then, like, you snap. You're not the judge of me. Okay, so, so you leave the church, and all of a sudden, this place that you loved, well, now they're just a bunch of cult members, and uh, they're, you know, they don't know how to love people. <laughs> and people were loving you like, bro, you're throwing your life away. What are you doing? Snap out of it. The Word of God is very clear. Here's what you're doing. And so what you do is you leave the church, the church that you were excited about, the church that you loved and cared about yesterday, but now because you got hurt or you want to sin, whatever the reason is, you leave, and it can't be your fault that you're gone. No, 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 the church has to be slandered. Now think about that. You quit. What are you doing with your life now? What are you doing now that you quit fellowship? Is it bringing honor and glory to the Lord? Or is it producing more sin in your life? What are you doing now that you've broken fellowship with God's people? What you're doing, does that make God's people deserving of your slander? I mean, you couldn't work it out with God's people? So you've got to slander them, people that Christ shed His blood to buy, to, to purchase for Himself. You're cool with that? I mean, you had to quit on God's leading in your life, and so now everybody that loves you and is for you, they're the devil, toting a King James Bible. I mean, what in the world? By the way, if you have to leave, be at peace, okay? God, God may lead you to another place. Just remember, nothing changes the fact that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Where you attend church or don't attend church cannot change that. So let's all make sure we act like it, that we actually act like brothers and sisters in Christ. If somebody gets the bit in their teeth and they they, in the process of leaving, work really hard to make sure that you're the villain, do not fall for it. That is not a person deserving of your hate, your scorn, your derision. That's somebody who is a little confused or a little clouded, and yes, they're slandering you. Man, let it break your heart and love them and pray for them and keep, keep your brothers and sisters lifted up before the Lord.
We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Nobody is your enemy walking this earth, okay? It's spiritual wickedness in high places. It's a spiritual battle that we need to engage in. We need to, we need to lift souls up to the Lord. I like this meme. Don't slander everybody you disconnect with. Just move on. I, you know, I think you get the meme. I mean, if you're not in fellowship with God, just repent and move on in faith, but you get their point. Assassinating people's character doesn't do anything to improve yours. And then their quip is, if God didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, I doubt he sent you to do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, if God leads you out, he isn't doing it to make sure that we're at war with one another. Be at peace. Here it is. This ought to cause us to tremble. We ought to beware. Psalms 101 verse 5 says, Whoso privately, uh, um, privately slandereth his neighbor. So you're trashing them behind their back. You're doing it on the down low. Look at what God says. Him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. That ought to, okay, that's talking about your neighbor. I mean, that ought to make you tremble to think about trashing another brother or sister in Christ to another brother or sister. To slander them and offend their father in heaven? Don't do it. The Word of God reveals that trashing the reputation of others with lies is foolish. That's your next blank. Um, Proverbs 10 verse 18 says, he that hideth hatred with lying lips and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. So if you slander someone, you just showed your cards. You showed your hand. You're, you're an idiot. You're a fool. You don't actually have any spiritual understanding. You are fine assassinating the reputation of another brother or sister in Christ. It's like don't you know your Bible? Are you completely unaware of the fact that this is offensive to the Most High God? More than that, you've just revealed who you are. Get this down in your notes. See, slander reveals the true nature of the slanderer. And it's always hate. It's always hate. You got some bit of hatred in your heart. The dark side has gained a foothold in your life. 1 John 4 verse 20 says, if a man say I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Don't miss that connection. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Uh, you, just, you just show your cards that you're a fool and you, you don't know how to show the love of Jesus in your own life. Now, here's, I think, one of the biggest dangers for God's people today, okay? There's another way that slander sneaks up on us, and I just want to point this out. Get this down in your notes. Slander can even be true things, right? It, it can be comprised of true facts, but these are true things that you frame in such a way so as to promote or posit an evil view of another person or another situation. So you're telling the truth in such a way that uh, you're, 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 you're basically framing it in a negative light. Does this make sense? And so the example 
would be of the ten spies. You remember the ten spies? Did they have a good report or an evil report? Okay. And just pay attention to what God says about what they say. Look at Numbers chapter 14. The men which Moses sent out, or which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against them. How? By bringing up a slander upon the land. Uh, what part of about what they said regarding the land wasn't true. Were there giants in the land? Absolutely. Was it a fruitful land? Absolutely. Did they feel like grasshoppers compared to them? Absolutely. All of that was true, but they framed it in such a way, this was their assessment, if we go in there, they're going to eat us. <laughs> like we will be, our children will be prey for them. Like this is, we will be destroyed. They will completely eviscerate us and they caused the people to murmur against the Lord. So they brought up a slander upon the land. They framed it in such a way so as to promote and posit an evil view of the facts on the ground. So they slandered upon the land. They, bring, they brought up slander upon the land. Verse 37 says, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. Okay, think about that. Why did the Lord plague these men to death. What a horrible way to go. Um, you read some of the apocryphal accounts. Um, some, according, you know, I don't know, I wasn't there, the Bible doesn't address it, but if the apocryphal accounts are true, some of these guys, it took them two days. They died in agony. It was horrific. Why plague them to death? Well, think about what happened when they told the truth in a slanderous way. What was the result? Their tale brought fear, right? It brought confusion and fear to God's people. It caused God's people to doubt God's promises over their life. They refused to believe what was actually true, that God was inviting them into his rest. He was bringing them into victory. No, they don't believe that anymore. It brought God's people to a place of actual rebellion before God. Brothers and sisters, lies are deadly. And it caused great damage, ultimately death, to an entire generation. Consider God's warning to his people today. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. The Bible warns us, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, while it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? but to them that believe not. So we see then that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They, in their slanderous report, ended up being used of the enemy to condemn an entire generation to wandering in the wilderness, to dying in the wilderness, to being judged of God over their joining them, over Israel joining them in their rebellion before the Lord. So, Brothers and sisters, speak the truth. Lie not. 
whatever God says, that's what's right. That's what's true. We're on his side. So Psalm 31, 18, let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Do you see that? Stop slandering. Let lying lips be put to silence. Your proud, contemptuous trash-talking of the righteous, it's got to stop. Again, the blind boys of Alabama sing the song, go tell that long-tongued liar, go tell that midnight rider, tell the gambler, the rambler, the backbiter, tell him God Almighty is going to cut him down. <laughs> you can run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Let me tell you, God Almighty is going to cut you down. I mean, God takes this serious. Psalms 101 verse 5 says, whoso privately slandereth his neighbor. You see that? Him will I cut off. Here's the bottom line. We're going we're gonna to finish the, the subject of lying tonight. But bottom line, lies will make a prisoner of you. Don't ever forget that. Once you start lying, it's hard to stop. Lies will make a prisoner of you. Now you're trapped in propping those lies out. Uh, up, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta make sure that they carry water when they're questioned, and so you gotta make up more lies, and then you forget some of your earlier lies. I mean, you end up stuck. You end up in mire. You end up mired, imprisoned by lies. And only the truth will make you free. John 8, 31, Jesus is speaking. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. See, wise people will live and they will speak in light of what is true. They will continue in God's word. Whatever God's word says, that's what they're, that's what they're in agreement with. That's what they're communicating. Verse 32 says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it's always better, even if, I mean, the earlier you, sometimes you you actually lie and you didn't know you were lying at the time. Have you ever done that? Man, I've done that. I've told something that I just knew was right and it was completely wrong and it's like, oh, I lied. <laughs> the earlier you can nip them in the bud, the better that always is, right? You don't want to be stuck in a lie with the people that God's placed in your life, right? The earlier you can get it out, the better. Better to humble ourselves before what is true because that's where we're always better off. Now, next time, we're going to look at the antidote, okay? Commandment number two, thou shalt speak the truth in love. And uh, there's even some traps and pitfalls there, so we got to look at that. But uh, that, that's going to be the, the approach. And so here's what I'd ask. I'd ask the worship team or whoever's, lead, whoever's closing us out, come on up. Uh, we're going to just have a season of prayer and praise as we dismiss. If this is something that you need prayer or counsel over, uh, or if you want somebody to pray for you, just grab the person sitting next to you, or you can come up front. Uh, one of our leaders will meet you here. We'll pray for you. Uh, if there's somebody that you need to grab and just say, hey, you know, the other day I told you, man, that wasn't right. Um, you know, maybe you didn't know. You lied. I found out new data, and I just want to make sure I was clear. Um, but, man, if you've got a lie that is destroying one of your relationships, better to humble yourself and go secure your brother or sister in Christ. This is somebody that Christ bled to purchase to himself. They're worth it. They're worth it for you to humble yourself and to go to them and say, hey, I got to make this right. I got to tell you the truth.
Amen? Father, Lord, you see us. You know our hearts. And Lord, help us to be truth speakers. Don't let us fall for Satan's tricks, his devices, and get full of pride, envy, or jealousy, and end up slandering the people that you've placed in our life, our brothers and sisters in Christ. But Lord, anybody in this world for that matter, we, shouldn't, we should be careful with how we communicate about people. Lord, help us to set a watch on our mouth. Help us to guard what we say. Help us to be careful in our communication. Lord, if anybody recognizes their need to go get right over a lie, uh, to, to, to repent and to take that, to, to clear it up, to take that lie back. Lord, we pray that, um, that they'd stop grieving the Spirit and that, Lord, they'd just enjoy your grace to go and get right. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.